Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with our morning agenda show. And this time I'm hosting because TC told me one minute before that I have to do it. But TC, <laughs> how, you, how are you? I hosted yesterday, so I'm like, you know, let's let's switch things up. Let's, uh, yeah, let's change it up. Let's let Umar do some uh, asking of the questions for once. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's not bad. You know what? I like it. I think I like being in the big, big seat, in the big seat. But um how's how's the last 24 hours been a lot of transfer news but it's a bit it's a bit quiet isn't it in terms of Declan Rice Timber yeah I think that's a good thing I think that's a good yeah. thing personally I think it's it's going the way that we want it to isn't it yeah no news is good news is the is the saying um I think that you know these are just deals that are kind of just being formalized if there was noise it would be that there was like a hijack attempt by another mm. club um or of course the actual announcement as such you know there's an expectation that both these deals will be done um, toward the end of the week, hopefully. Um, so let's wait and see. There's big news uh, in the women's side, though, expected today. Hopefully mm. we see Alessia Russo uh, announced as an Arsenal player. That is a massive, massive. deal. Um, really massive deal for Arsenal. You know, to, to think about once Beth Mead and Viv Miedemar come back from their knee injuries that we'll have those two, Russo and Lacasse as well, who we've signed, um, who's got a brilliant, goal scoring record for Benfica um 70 70 goals in 74 games I think and she's a wide player so that's impressive um I'm looking forward to seeing what Arsenal are capable of on on both fronts next season um so yeah really excited about that one yeah no I think both the men's and the women's team they're doing some big things this transfer window and the progression has been fantastic to see like over the past few months um but we start off with Granit Xhaka you know what? I was sat here yesterday with you and I said to TC, you know what? Granny Shaka may stay. And you said to me, Uma, what are you talking about? You're crazy. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. And then what happens after a few hours? It seems that it's deal to buy Leverkusen. You know, his advance. You know, it, was so, it was so funny because it was almost like you ended up convincing me because I was like, oh, I might write a piece about you know, the benefit of if both of them were to say, stay hypothetically. Hmm. And I was like, I'd finished the piece. It was all written, uh, ready to go out, uh, kind of this opinion piece on that. And then obviously we found out that Shaq uh, <laughs> is going. So I'd scrap that and I'll be doing a different piece today on kind of the the benefit of uh, the doubt being given more to Edu. And I think that his critics are getting less and less things to moan about because um, that's a big sale, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Like, a few months ago, it seemed that... How much was the fee being touted? 13 million. 13 million. And the fact that they've increased that and they basically negotiated and they've said to buy Leverkusen, look, if you want Shaka, you have to pay more money that he's probably worth. And buy Leverkusen, I probably said to Xabi Alonso, etc., like, if you want this player, like, is he worth paying paying the asking price? And they've, mm. they've probably said, yeah, he is. And the fact that you have to give Edu a bit of respect because not only he's been bringing in the players this window in terms of incomings, but it seems like now we're getting good money for players that are, that want to depart the club. So, Granit Xhaka, twenty-one million pounds or however much it is, it is a very good deal for someone who's who's reached. I think he's thirty-one years age. Thirty-one. Mm, 30, years old. 30, yeah. Thirty-one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good deal, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean. You know, we signed him for less than forty million pounds. We've had seven years of of his, you know, tenure, and um, we've managed to now get more than half of what we paid for him initially back, um, which is 
I know the word amortization is is coming up a lot, you know, recently. But if you think about that, I think it was a five year deal we initially signed him on to. So that thirty five ish million pounds was spread across five years. So that's like seven million pound a year. We've obviously then extended his contract beyond the five years, and now we've sold him for twenty one million pounds. That looks really good. It looks really good on the books to get that amount of money uh, for Granite Xhaka. So uh that and again that's like a fifth of the price we paid for for rice so you know again you're, you're getting money back in that sense and probably was one of the reasons we've been able to up the bids to west ham potentially as well and while we were confident to go forward with that that said you know these things aren't always necessarily that coherently linked in that way but again uh this adds to the joe willocks the emmy martinez is the alex Awobis, you know the world we got good money for players and uh We've needed to do that this summer, and Edu was going to be scrutinised this summer for player sales. And certainly, this is one where you know we can add it to the the, the green list of players that it looks very good for. How will you remember his time at Arsenal? Because mm. obviously, everyone knows. Um, a few years ago, um, there was a lot of criticism towards Granit Xhaka, but I think he's turned it around. I think um, the last few seasons he's been fantastic. And in an ideal world, I would have loved him to stay at, at the football club. I think what Granit Xhaka offers is like, even if he ages, even if he gets to the 32 years of old, like age 33, 34, he can still mm. play at a high level. In my opinion, he's so durable. He doesn't get injured. That, that's one of the key things for me. But yeah. I think the fact that he wants to go back to Germany, I think obviously family situation as well. He's probably discussed with Mikel Arteta and I think it's a perfect ending. It would have been it would have been lovely if he signed up with a Premier League title, but we can't have it all. But how would you remember his time at Arsenal? Yeah, I've just left a link in the chat box to a piece I wrote uh, on kind of Xhaka's legacy, uh, which in a lot more words than I'm going to use now. Um, but I think he's a story of redemption. Um, you know, it's a story that I think highlights what... Mikel Arteta is capable of in terms of giving second chances to players. You know, we talk about how ruthless Arteta can be, but he really did turn around the career of Granit Xhaka. I remember him as a player that we brought in under Wenger that was kind of meant to be, you know, we chose Xhaka in a way over N'Golo Kante. Um, he was, you know, Arsenal were interested in Kante and Chelsea obviously were very interested as well. They were willing to pay, I think, more. Well, I think there were some reports about agent fees involved in the Kante deal as well that Wenger wasn't, you know, willing to move with. So we instead moved for, for Granit Xhaka. And obviously those are two very different players and they've had two very different careers. You'd certainly say Kante's had the more successful one in the time since. But on an individual basis for Xhaka, he lived and breathed Arsenal. You know, he loved the club. Um, yes, he had his issues. Yes, he had his faults. Um, and certainly, you know, I write in that piece about how the first Arsenal player I ever spoke to uh, in since moving into this role was Granit Xhaka. And the first question I ever asked a player was shot down embarrassingly in front of like every peer that I'd ever looked up to, you know, I obviously I'd read Simon Collins at the stand or Charles Watts at goal and, you know, uh, James Benj at uh, CBS and formerly of Football Lot London as well, same as Charles. And first time I've sat in a room with all of my other peers for the first time, new kid on the block, you know, trying to make a way for himself. I asked Granite Xhaka a question and he just shut it down. Just didn't want to answer it. I, you know, I, I won't say what the question was because obviously it's a question that Jacker didn't want to answer, which is fine. Um, 
but in the I remember leaving London Colney mm. really upset. Like I was obviously I remember, like, I remember you told me about it as well. Yeah, I rang like four or five people because I was I was like in a way panicking like I've this is my first shot asking a question to a player and I've blown it, you know. And actually what I didn't realise at the time was it was one of the best things that could have ever happened because it made me think better about my questioning. It made me think better about how I could improve um you know, spin to players. And I spoke to Xhaka after uh, one of the Europa League games in the group stage where he partnered Sambi. Hmm. And I asked him the question of um, when you partner Thomas Partey and when you partner Sambi, does it change the way in which you play? Because one's very experienced and one's a lot younger. And it was a much better question to get a good answer. And he gave a good answer about how he does tweak and because it's obviously he's kind of shepherding one player and obviously he can do more of his own thing when he partners Partey. And it was a really good kind of answer but yeah I, i'll remember jacka for helping me become a better journalist and not to ask questions that aren't as good as the ones i can ask now so yeah yeah no i remember his interview um back in 2022 when i think he was about to leave and he spoke about the fact that Mikel Arteta spoke to him um discussed that he doesn't want him to leave and the thing that most sticked out to me from that interview was basically he rang his wife and his parents and he said we're staying unpack the bags this is a new challenge either you are with me or i'll go alone so basically in theory he said to his wife i'll choose michelate over you <laughs> essentially <laughs> essentially essentially he's like i'll choose michelate over you for to be fair any man would so that's not really surprising but i thought that was hilarious but now 100 i think the turnaround from granite shaka has been um fantastic um I always respect him highly. Um, I think he's turned it around. He'll, he'll get a lot of um, Arsenal fans' respect. Not everyone, because that's just how football works. But I think a lot of Arsenal fans will remember um, his time at the Emirates uh, very fondly. So we wish him all the best. Um, Right-backs, TC. Interesting. Like, very, very interesting. The fact that we're close to signing Timber, who can mm. occupy uh, as a right-back, who can play in a number of positions... But yesterday, we were linked with um, Benjamin Henricks. Uh, is yep. that how you pronounce his name? Henricks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, from uh, RB Leipzig, um, which I found very interesting when that link came to fruition. And then um, yesterday, I think in the evening time, it was Cancelo as well. That link keeps popping mm. up. We'll start off with uh, the Cancelo link because mm. that link is interesting. It seems for me that it's a player that Mikel Arteta would like to have in this Arsenal team. I see it as a luxury type of signing like if we do all our business the priority signings Declan Rice the Timbers the habits of this world and then we have a little bit of money towards the end of the window and Cancela's future is say still uncertain and he doesn't mm. he hasn't found a club because Manchester City seems they don't really want him to stick around and then I think Mikel Arteta would like to move for him because Arteta knows the the ability that he has on the ball the, the way that he can create chances, assists, goals. So do you see it as a move that could happen later towards the window? Um, potentially, yeah. Um, I think that there is certainly an interest from Arsenal in the player. Uh, it seems he would like to, as a preference, move to one of Barca or Real, I think. Um I don't think that's because he does. He's not keen on Arsenal. I just think that's a preference, which is fine. You know, he's played in La Liga before. He played for Valencia, um, then moved to Inter Milan, and of course, then made the switch over to to Man City. But I, I, yeah, I think that 
Arsenal are looking at that as kind of an opportunity if it arises that's mm. too good to turn down if they could get it done. Um, he offers so much on the right and left sides. Um, and I have said, you know, a number of times that I think that that right back position, yeah. there is a gap because I think we we lack a little bit of variation in mm. that position. Why Tommy Asu, to some degree, Timber as well, they're all similar profiles, isn't it? They're all defense first yeah. fullbacks, you know, um, and less so what they give in the final third. And I think Ben White's developed incredibly in the offensive third actually this season, you know, and that I didn't expect him to be as good as he was going forwards, but he's improved a lot. It's unsurprising that he started to score goals as well, which he wasn't doing before either, and getting assists. I remember the assist, the great assist he got against Southampton away from home, where he squared it to Xhaka, who smashed it into the back of the net in that game, opened yeah. the score. I thought we were going to go on and win that game like four or five nil that day, but ended up one one. Uh, I think that what Henricks in particular and Cancelo as well, and we'll come on to Henricks in more detail, is that they offer more going forward, you know, and they are a different option. So that if we are say in need of a goal in the second half, you can bring off the right back and bring on one of those two. Or if you're going up against a team in the lower end of the table and you want to be more offensive-minded and, and more dangerous in possession, you could start those two instead of a White or a Tomiasu or a Timber. So it gives us options. And I think that's what Arsenal need this season is options and you know the ability to change things up a bit. So I am not surprised that we're being linked with these types of right backs, but I, I, I'm not sure whether or not it will end up happening but I'm you know there's always a chance but I'm, I don't think it's like you know I'm not nowhere near as confident as I am about the previous three players that we're lo looking like we're getting done this seems to be like an opportunity if it comes up sort of thing you made an interesting point last week I think when we've done a pod um, and we discussed potential outgoings and who could be a surprise and you mentioned Tomiyasu and you just never know you never know how the transfer window could basically change in an instance like right now no one expects Tomiyasu to depart the football club. Like, you just can't see it happening. But maybe towards the end of, win of the window, if an opportunity does arise for, say, a player like Cancelo, Arsenal could potentially sanction that move. Like, you, you just mm. never know, do you? No, you can't. A surprise exits, obviously, are, are not uncommon. You know, we've seen players leave and we thought, oh, you know, I didn't think, you know, William was a surprise exit, I think, a year after he left, you know, to see that that happened. Like Arsenal basically just admit that they made a mistake with that signing and moved him on. Um, I'm surprised that I'll be surprised if, say, I think I, yeah, did I say Tommy Asu? I did, didn't I? I said it would be one of the, yeah, potential surprise exits. I feel like maybe that these links to right backs are more an indication of maybe where he's at in terms of his injury status. Hmm. Um, maybe it's not as positive as Arteta thought it was at the end of the season. We don't know that for sure. But I guess we're, you know, we're going to have to kind of wait and see, if you like. Seen much of Benjamin Henricks? A little bit. Not loads. Not enough that I'd be confident, you know, writing up an entire expert analysis piece on my own. So I'm going to be speaking to a couple of German uh, football experts late this afternoon to get a piece out on him. Um, what I do know is that he's obviously a different style of fullback to what we have. He does offer more going forwards. Hmm. He's also versatile enough that he could play on the left-hand side as well and has done for Leipzig last season. He also played in central midfield, which gives you a bit of an indication that he's able to play that inverted role if we wanted him to. So, you know, he's different to what we have. And I think different is good at the right price. But there are suggestions that Leipzig aren't that keen on letting him go. He did start most of their games, you know, and started the the court of the semi and the final of the DFB Pokal that they won. So 
suggestions are he's a starter there. And if he, I don't know if he'd be keen on the move because, yeah. as we've mentioned, we've got a lot of options there and he's starting week in, week out for a good side in Leipzig. So I'm not sure that necessarily it's a move that he'd be open to unless the draw of Arsenal is enough to take him. But we'll have to wait and see. Cedric returned yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to stay on fire for his place is the message that we've heard. Uh, I don't think that Arsenal <laughs> want him to. <laughs> I'll do the same, to be fair. I would do the same. I'd start I'd yeah. start and fight for my place if I was at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, look, I would love to. And when you're on like a six-figure-a-week contract, as we are understanding that he is, I'm not surprised that, that that's the case. So, hmm. look, at the end of the day, I'm hoping that Arsenal find a resolution to that situation um, as soon as feasibly possible, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Any latest on when uh, the likes of Havertz, etc. will return to pre-season? Because I think Trossard returned yesterday, Ben White, Gabriel Jesus, mm. Marquinhos. So when when do the big hitters return? Yeah, I'm trying to find that out today. Um, I, I, I'm hoping it's going to be like within an extra week because obviously that's how long the international break was an additional week um, or two. So hopefully next week, if not, obviously the week after. We're, we're getting very close to the... Uh, game against Nuremberg at this stage. I think we're only like two weeks away from that. I'm just checking the date of that. It's July 13th. So we're actually 13, nine yeah. days, you know, away. Uh, I'm hoping, yeah, that we... I think, you know, Jesus played against Nuremberg last year. Mm-hmm. And I think he was in the Brazil squad before that. He was, that I think. So uh, he would be... You know, he would be there and ready to come back and train. So, uh, hopefully, either end of this week, start of next week, let's wait and see. Flo Balogun. Mm. <laughs> interesting, interesting. He's back in London. Um, you see that video of him wearing the Yankees top? Just hitting the ball <laughs> yeah. in the back of the net. Really embracing like, his uh, exactly, yeah, he American side, yeah. He is, I think it's his birthday yesterday. He turned 22 years, of, uh, 22 years old. And basically, I think Arsenal tweeted him wishing him a happy mm. birthday and yeah. a lot of Arsenal fans are a bit upset the fact that he didn't thank them on Twitter he thanked the US national team retweeted their tweet but what's the situation with Balogun right now Where, where's your thoughts because it seems from reports yesterday that Arsenal want upwards of 50 million pounds um, mm. I think that's a good starting price yeah, to be yeah. honest I look at him I look at Flo Balogun like we, we discussed it a few weeks ago poster boy of the US national team, 22 years old. Um, he's got good experience last season uh, in, a, in a very good uh, division in France, um, competed with Mbappe, Lacazette as, as the top scorer in that division. Someone that I can think, someone that I think can explode now mm-hmm. if, if you give him an opportunity. And you look in and around Europe, I think yesterday, Manchester City, um, they're going to sell their goalkeeper. I think he's mm-hmm. third, third choice or something, Trafford. For about 15 to 90 million pounds to Burnley and you think wow yeah and I think this this uh, goalkeeper was playing in League One last season mm-hmm. or something like that which is crazy so why why is this such an uproar when Arsenal are asking 50 million pounds for a player like Balogun who now has that experience at the highest level who is now the first choice striker for, for the US national team who will compete fingers crossed at a World Cup in, in uh, three years time Fifty million is a good price if you want to sell him, but in my eyes, I don't want to sell him. I don't want to sell him. But I just, I think yeah. I look at Balogun. I think he wants to leave. I think he wants to go somewhere else and be first choice. But in the back yeah. of my mind, I think the Cronkies would like to keep him. In an ideal world, I think Mikel Arteta would like to keep him. 
Yeah, I think absolutely. They'd, they'd rather, I think, keep hold of him and see, you know, if they can integrate him to the team, see what he's capable of. It's just such a difficult situation mm. because you've got Jesus, you've got Nketi, you've brought Havertz in who could play as a false nine. Trossard's played there. You know, we're well stacked in in that centre-forward role to a degree, um, but I still think there is a space and I think there's an opportunity especially with Trossard being depth in the wide area, especially with Havertz's future seemingly more so in midfield alongside Odegaard. And I think that Jesus can be used as a wide player rotationally as well. That there's, I think there is a gap. I think Inket, if it was up to me, I think Nketiah has shown me personally everything that he can. And I'm not yeah. sure that a side that's going to compete for a title has Eddie Nketiah as you the You know what his ceiling is, isn't it? You know what Eddie's yeah. ceiling is. Look at Man City's back up to Haaland. Yeah, Julian Alvarez, a World Cup winner, goal scorer in a World Cup, you know, scored, I think, what, 17 goals despite being behind Haaland last season. Um, that's the level, you know, that's what you have to have in back up to a striker that starts every game. And Julian Alvarez is still playing plenty of games, still getting plenty of minutes. And Balogun has also played in a wide area as well. You know, there's not mm. a suggestion that you couldn't play off of a striker too. But I think, obviously, Arsenal have an openness to sell if they get a very good offer come in. What I would say is that we've we've heard a lot of talk from, you know, Balogun. We've heard next to nothing from the club. Yeah. And this is a very similar kind of scenario to the Saliba scenario. We heard a lot of talk from the player side. We heard a lot of talk suggesting that he was unsettled, that he wanted to go. Spending a bit of time with Arteta... You know, and all of a sudden everything's changed. You know, he's mm. getting minutes, getting opportunities. Now he's agreed a new contract. So you could never rule out the the possibility of Balogun staying. But if you were to ask me what I think will happen this summer, I think he will be sold. Um, but I'm hoping that that's not the case and we see him integrated into the squad next year. Got a question here by Victor. A quick question, boys. You remember we got rid of Ash... Ashley Cole, I think, not Andy, Andy Cole. Cole. No, yeah. Andy Cole. <laughs> Ashley Cole. Definitely Andy Cole because he left and joined Manchester United. And I, I mean, it's, it's yeah, Ashley Cole burns us, but of course, Andy Cole certainly is a good, uh, a good Example. comparison. Yeah. And see how and see how that turned out. Could the same happen to Bergen? He's twenty-two years old, tie right and ripe age. Yeah, I think so. You know, Andy Cole went down to become one of the best strikers in Manchester United's history. Um, yeah, good partnership. And I think that. There is always the the worry that if you let a player go, they'll go on to be great. There's nothing I can't sit here and say that he'll definitely do that, but he could go off and you know that it could have been a one season wonder in France last year. We don't know. Um, it doesn't look like that's the case because his his form's excellent. It's just uh, it's 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 a real tough one because it's it's ultimately the player's going to have a huge say on what happens if he's not willing to stay and see if there's an opportunity. Um, I don't know that's the case. All we've heard is that he wants to play regularly. And if there's if that's not available at Arsenal, you put those two and two together and you get the answer of, well, he's going to want to move on. But I just think it's a wait and see. Uh, there's not been... An, I don't think there's been necessarily an offer to Arsenal, as far as I'm aware of, like a significant one that they would be open to. Um, and pre-season's going to be getting underway. He's going to go to Germany if he's not sold by then. You know, you would. Why wouldn't you take him? They're going to take him. I remember when Lucas Torreira was called to America, you know, last year for the US tour. Mm. So he's going to go. Whether he plays or gets chances, I think it will depend upon how he is when he returns and how he is at the club. So, yeah, let's see. I hope that. I hope that it's showing that he gets that chance. But we'll have to wait and see, won't we? 
Got a quick question, interesting one. Mm. Like, take everything aside, yeah? Take away um, history, take away recent seasons. If, like, at the start of next season, if you had to put, like, £50, like, I'm not a betting man, but if you had to put £50 on mm. Balogun or Gabriel Jesus to score 20 Premier League goals, who would you choose? And if Balogun gets the opportunities, I'm saying. Um... So if they started both started thirty eight games, who would score yeah. twenty Premier League goals? Uh, I'd say Jesus. The reason why I say Jesus is because last season he missed a third of the campaign. I think he ended up on like eleven Premier League goals um, in the end, and that was in his first season at Arsenal. So if he was to say, if he was able to start all thirty eight games for Arsenal in a second season at the club. Now with the players one year older, I would personally back Jesus to score 20 as opposed to Balogun. I also think that Jesus suits Arteta's style of a centre forward more than Balogun does. I don't, you know, at Rons in France last year, he's the focal point. I think mm. he'd score something like 47% of their goals. You know, he is the focal point of that team. Everything is channeled to go through Balogun in that side last season as, as uh, Will Steele, the coach, demanded. If he put him into the Arsenal team, there's an expectation that he has to link up play. He has to feed Saka and Martinelli as well, drop in, you know, and in, and in exchange and interplay. So I get why the immediate response would be, well, he scored 21 goals this season, so surely he's capable of scoring 20 goals. I think they're both potentially capable of scoring 20 goals. Hmm. But if it was down to me, and if it was 38 games between them, I'd back Jesus to score the 20 goals personally, because I think that he's better suited to our system than Balogun is. I hope, I hope Gabriel Jesus gets to that next step. Like, mm. I like him as a striker. I think he's very really good the way you just touched on, the way he interchanges with mm. Saka, Martinelli, etc. But at times when he's in front of goal, I just want him to put the ball in the back of the net sometimes. You know, that ruthless mm. instinct. And I think mm. that's what he just lacks, to be honest. And when I look at Balogun, I think he's got that in him, right? That ruthless streak. I look at Haaland. Haaland's obsessed with scoring goals. Mm-hmm. And I liken it to Balogun. Like for Balogun, when he's in on in on in front of goal, nine times out of ten, I think he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. And when Gabriel Jesus yeah. is in front of goal, I look at him and I think, ah, oh, maybe he's going to score. But maybe the thing is though, miss. like Eddie and Ketia, right, is a very good finisher. Yeah, like, yeah, good point. He's a very yeah. good finisher. Um, if you get him into those positions, he'll score goals. You know, um, and the the phrase of like in a in a one on one situation, I back nine times out of ten. That's applied to Eddie a lot. And yet, he was given a chance to play regularly and only got four goals in, I think, what, 11, 12 games or so. So, I see what you're saying. I just think that Jesus is the better fit in this Arsenal team and would get better opportunities because his movement is better, his understanding of his teammates is better, uh, the way in which he drops into other positions is better. And I think the team scores more goals with Jesus in it than it does with Balogun in it, personally. All right, just to end, 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 end the show then, if I gave you Ozzyman, Oh, <laughs> I'd probably back the him to score more goals. Was the end of the window? If some, if Napoli's owner says to you, it's just <laughs> to I don't you see it happening. Yeah, obviously, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hindsight. Seventy million pounds. Seventy million yeah. pounds. Eighty million yeah. pounds. I think it might cost double that. Over <laughs> to be honest, but if you put Ozymen. A, look, I think there's. I think what people do is, is they get very obsessed around a player very quickly. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm just saying yeah. people get very obsessed around players very quickly. Balogun's had one season, a full season starting games, 
at an elite league like the French. I know people take the mick out of it or whatever, but it's still one of the top mm-hmm. five leagues in the world. And he scored 20 goals. Ozemen has done it year on year on year now, you know, in the French league, in the Italian league, and he's one of the best scorers. Again, he's got his own injury issues, by the way, as well, mm-hmm. Ozemen. Um, if Ozemen started 38 games for Arsenal in this team, I'd back him to get 25-plus goals in the Premier League mm-hmm. um, because I know he's established and I know that I could back him to do that. I think there's a lot more question marks around uh, Balogun doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it. I just think there's a greater level of... Because we ain't seen much of him. Yeah, we do. He's, yeah, exactly. Hmm. So 50 million pounds you take here. What, 50 for Balogun? Yeah. Uh, I think I would, yeah. I yeah. think I would take 50 million for Balogun um, because I just don't think he's going to get the chances that he wants. And I think that's a lot of money. You know, all of a yeah, sudden you've sold Xhaka for 21, Balogun for 50. You've got 70 million off the 105 million rice price, hmm. you know. So 50 million could buy you Lavia. So, you know, hmm. you go that way, didn't you? Yeah, well, what's your what's your take on Lavia before we wrap up? Like where, where do you stand on that? It's... We we are interested in him. This is my understanding. We hmm. we have an interest in the player. We've just not moved on the club side. Like the club side's not moved because Partey's situation is is unchanged. Like he's still here. And I think Arsenal are only going to move for another midfielder if we move Partey on, which is, I understand. Um I think that the suggestions that we aren't interested are coming from the club side of things in regards to Arsenal not making contact with Southampton. But as far as I'm aware, yeah, the interest in the player is certainly real, but I think it's predicated on outgoings. Interesting. I still think it's a smokescreen, personally. Chiamani's <laughs> coming, Chiamani's coming. But... Oh, man, I'd love that, but I, I can't see it at the moment. So, How many times have we disagreed today? A lot, like, yeah. A lot. Again, we're still friends. See, <laughs> it's see, amazing. Exactly, exactly. But TC, uh, pleasure for jumping on, mate. Much appreciated. Always, mate. I'll, I'll promise I'll host tomorrow. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed you do. But yeah, if you have enjoyed uh, the show and me on the other side uh, of the stream, uh, make sure to drop a like, comment. But yeah, let us know in the comments how you feel about yeah. our interest in Cancelo, um, thoughts on Granit Xhaka's uh, departure from the club, and Balogun. Like, do you think he should stay? Do you think he should go? And do you think £50 million pounds, uh, is a good price that Arsenal should be asking? But yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, make sure to drop a like. Comment and keep following us down the Arsenal way.